All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You guys grab your Bibles. Let's get those out. I was asking the Lord this week to kind of show me a theme from this, and it was very obvious. I don't know if you guys are reading with me as we're going. Uh, we're just going through 2 Corinthians. I believe it is just an incredible book uh, that Paul wrote to equip the church. Every time I get to the next chapter, I'm just blown away by what he is saying to us as a corporate body as well as to us uh, individually. Um, and I don't know about you, but because, remember, we've been studying about the Holy Spirit, I'm going to try very hard, church, to not let us get away from that and continue to ask you, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because that wasn't just a, a six-week deal where we're going to hear God and be excited and, and see breakthrough and then go back to regular life. No, we are, we are to pursue after the Holy Spirit, and He is with us. He won't forsake us. He is with us everywhere we go, and the power of God is with us everywhere we go. The Spirit of God is with us. The mind of Christ is with us. And everything that comes with Him is with us. We don't just get a portion of His Spirit. We get a Spirit as though Jesus were here. The Spirit of Christ is in this place. So I want to encourage you, stay in the Word Stay in fellowship with one another. If you'll confess your sins one to another, he is faithful and just to forgive those sins. So we need to be talking to each other. And it's good when we really get into relationship because we get to where we're not afraid to share who we are. And then you wind up confessing to one another. And it says that he is faithful and just to forgive us. So I want to encourage you and ask you again, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Well, you know what? We've not done the class, and I've really not been thinking about it. Well, think about it and listen to him. He's speaking, and he's still speaking. Now, he's been speaking to me this week as much as he was speaking back when I got that, what I felt like just an incredible revelation. He hasn't stopped. The problem is I stop, right? We move away. We get complacent. We forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want you to look at what jumps off the page as we start reading this. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Now, just at the beginning, um, it, I... I feel like in verse 1 that it's saying what God and his kindness has done through the churches. I, I believe that this is a call for thankfulness, is to recognize what God's doing. Pay attention to what's, what God's doing in your life. Don't focus on the problems and the trials. Focus on what God's doing. You know, it says to consider it all joy when we face various trials. I really don't want to say I hate that scripture, but I don't like it very much. Because I don't consider it joy when I'm in it. But boy, I do consider it joy when I get through it. And I should be having joy. There's a little bit of joy. There's a little bit of difference between joy and happy. You know, uh, the, the joy is a little bit different. I can't say that I'm incredibly happy going through a trial, but there still should be joy knowing God's with us. If I know He's with me, I'm not going to break. And I'm going to get through it. Not only am I going to get through it, but there's going to be a reward at the end. There is victory for us. So it says, in his kindness, what God in his kindness has done in the churches. I think we need to continuously reflect what God has done here at Church on the Hill. 
Because as we face some challenges, and we face challenges right now, church, but let's reflect on what God's done. He has done mighty things. And what we're facing, one thing being financial, he's done it before. And I believe it says, I can't remember what scripture it says in the Old Testament, but it says if he did it before, won't he do it again? He'll do it again. And I believe he's trying to get me to a point of saying, quit, quit trying to make this thing work on your own efforts. It's not. It's going to work on my effort. Watch me. If you'll, just, if you'll just get all this stuff out of my way and watch me move. I'm like, I have trouble with that God. I want to get the stuff in the way. I feel like we've got to do it with the stuff. No, get that out of my way. What is it? Wood, hay, and stubble. It's going to burn and not stay. It's going to go. Get that out of the way and let me do what I do. Do what you do, God, right? They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But look what it says. They are filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in generosity. Now, you're going to see throughout this whole chapter that it's about giving. And it's not just about giving. It's about a spirit of giving. And they are going through troubles, and they've got nothing. But what they do have is they have joy. And you're going to see they have a spirit of generosity. And God will move. God will move. It says, verse 3, for I can testify. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us as we're reading this? You're going to see something. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you. He is the teacher. He wants to take his word and take your brain and get you on his level while we're reading his word, not on our level. That's what should be happening right now. When you go home at night and in the morning when you're reading your Bible, we need to engage the Holy Spirit so that we don't read this word on our level. I want to read it on his level. I want the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ to be engaged when I read so that my spirit hears what God is really saying, not my translation of it. How many of you know we can translate the Bible differently? Or let me say it this way, interpret. There's a little bit difference between translation and interpretation. That's why we have a lot of different churches as we have interpreted Scripture differently. Verse 3, for I can testify that they not only gave what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. Verse 4, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. Their first act of giving wasn't money, it was themselves. They gave themselves. They gave what they had out of their abundance, and then they continued to give out of what they didn't have. Um, I heard someone just recently say, the best way out of depression is to go help someone else. Because you get out of your bed, you get out of the dark, you get around someone, and as you start to help someone, usually that person is probably worse off than you. And as you help, I want you to know that spirit of serving and that spirit of helping, that spirit of giving, that abundance of giving, even when you've got nothing, God will come and rescue you and give you abundant joy. There's not a pill. There's not a pill on this earth 
that when you're fighting depression will give you abundant joy. It may give you some type of uh, relief short term, but not abundant joy. The Spirit of the Lord will give you abundant joy. They did even more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. So many times we fight that fight of just giving ourselves to the Lord, but not giving ourselves to each other. Amen. Those two things go together. If we're to be in the light and stay in the light, it takes us being together. How does that scripture go, Justin? I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars. In the, there's, there's a scripture. We have fellowship with one another. And he is, I find it. Say it again. Can you put it up, Mikey? Oh, I should have just asked Mikey. He's Mr. Bible Drill Champion. I forgot. Normally it'd be my mother. Somebody help me. This is one of the most scriptural things we can do is go get the word out and find where the scripture is. Scriptural. 1 John 1, 7. Pastor, you should know it. I don't know everything. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It takes the spirit of God, it takes the blood of Jesus, but it also takes each other. We are not in the light if we are not in fellowship. People in sin run to the darkness is where they run. Well, that's it. You get around a Christian, they're going to point the light on you. You know it's scriptural to do that, and there's a loving, gentle way to do that. But we don't, we don't hide the light. We, we don't set it in a corner. We put it up top. Shine the light. Thank you for that. We kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there. And I would say, uh, Cody, you are the winner. Okay. Huh? Verse 6. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. I want you to know it's easy to apply finances to giving, but there are so many ways to give. You can give your time, you can give your effort, you can give your prayer and your heart, um, you can give sympathy, you can give empathy, you can give mercy, um, you can give grace. There is so much to give. So many times someone comes and we don't give mercy when that's what we have to give. We give judgment, we give rejection. We give, I'm not, I'm not going to be around you because of what you're doing, instead of a, a true spirit of giving, of I'm going to give you some time right here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you love. I'm going to give you love, and it is a sacrifice for me to give this to you. I'm not saying this out loud to them, but God knows. 
God knows right where my heart is and knows I don't want to do this and this is effort for me and this is not my natural personality. I've got to overcome my personality and myself in order to give you what you need right now. At times, when we have moments, I'm having a moment, someone just cut me off and my, I can't pay my bills and my life's falling apart and, and now I'm running into someone that's in need of help and I don't feel like it. What do I have to give? It's not just money, but what I do have. You know, Peter and John said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we're going to give to you. Get up and walk. Can you imagine walking up to somebody that's sick and hurting in your life, and they're sitting there asking for money? I don't have money, but what I do have, can I give that to you? Let me lay hands and pray on you. Elizabeth prayed for somebody at Tennessee Tech this week. And this person got way more than they came into that office for. And the person said, I've never had a teacher pray for me. And she goes, I'm sorry. She goes, no, it was awesome. It's awesome. That's what she had to give. And it's easy to turn them the other, the other direction. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Can I just say very quickly, one of the, one of the best compliments that our church gets from first-time guests is the way that you receive them. That has never failed. Um, I, I don't know of, I mean, I'm sure that we've made mistakes, but overwhelmingly one of the greatest compliments we get to first-time guests is how they are loved on. And I want to encourage you, continue. Continue to make people feel welcome. That's a gift. That's a gift of generosity. That's a gift of giving. Verse 9, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you've started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now to, by your giving. I'm sorry. Let, let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. Anybody catch that? It's not acceptable if you give it uneagerly. So it's important that our heart is right. And remember, it's not just finances. I love how he's saying, finish what you started. How many of you, don't raise your hand, were more excited about Christ 10 years ago than you are today? Or, let me put it this way, from the day you were saved until now. You remember how excited you were when you were saved? Let me ask you about your marriage, how, how things were that first week of marriage to how it is now. You know, we have got to work. We have got to work at our relationships, work at our relationship with the Lord. Because we will get complacent and cold and dry and hard. Finish what you started. Um... Early on in my life, my parents put into me a, a, a desire to give. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they got it into me, but giving is not hard for me. It's really pretty easy. It kind of got on Elizabeth's nerves at first, 
what you want to give, you want to do what, you want to, huh? And I don't even think about it. Just get it out of my wallet and let it, let it get where it's supposed to be. First thing, just go. Um, and I will tell you that I believe Elizabeth has got a bigger heart to give than I've got. It's different. She pulls out money for people. She was trying to buy a paper from somebody in Nashville, and I'm like, I don't want that paper. Paul, it's not about the paper. The person's trying to put food on their table. Oh, I didn't notice. What's well, on their sign? Oh, I don't read those signs. Is this real or not? You guys ever seen people selling papers in Nashville? They're just trying to get a dollar so they can have a dime to be able to put food, go buy bread. You guys aren't reacting very strongly. What verse was I on? 13. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourself. I only mean there should be some equality. Um, I, do, I do agree with that in that um, don't, your family doesn't need to go hungry. But I believe we're so far from that. Um, we, we regularly have to draw the line on, on where we stop uh, in our giving. Um, it says, right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when, it's, when you need it. In this way, things will be equal, as scriptures say. Those who gathered a, a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Y'all know where that's from? That's from the manna that was coming from heaven, and they would go out and gather each day. And on the sixth day, they would gather a double portion um, so that they wouldn't have to gather on the seventh day. And those that got too much, actually, it rotted. It kind of it went bad. And those that had maybe had too little had enough. They always had enough. They always had enough. But thank God, verse 16. He has given us Titus. He has given Titus the same enthusiasm that you for you that I have. Titus, welcome our request that he visit you again. In fact, he himself was very eager to go and see you. We are also sending another brother, Titus. All the churches praise him as a preacher of the good news. He was appointed by the church to accompany us as we take the offering of Jerusalem, a service that glorifies the Lord and shows our eagerness to help. Um, he just wraps things up. But what I would just like to encourage you is to start praying that the Lord would give you a spirit to give. A spirit to give according to God's word. A spirit of giving. A spirit of generosity. Um, God is a God who responds to giving. Um, he says give. Uh, he tells us multiple times to give. And then he gives the response that he'll give when we give. Um, and you guys know the scriptures, but I just want to encourage you. He says to give mercy. That if we give mercy, we'll receive mercy. Um, God is a God who when we sow seed, he responds by blessing that seed. So what seed are you sowing? And if you're not giving, you're not sowing seed. If you're not being thankful, I want you to know that being thankful is a form of worship. And it says we will enter his courts with thanksgiving in our heart. We will enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Enter his courts with praise. If you're not thanking God, then the, then the structure of you coming into his presence is hindered. 
we must be thanking God. That's what it said right here in verse 16. But thank God. Very simple scripture. But thank God. Just want to encourage you that you would just pray according to God's word. Pray the word. And one of the words from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is to give us a spirit of giving. Amen. We're coming up on Christmas. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. And uh, I just ask the Lord to give me a heart for giving. I know that there are areas that I can do so much more. And my wife shows me that. We complement each other uh, in, in so many ways. And uh, I see things in her. I see things in my children that I do not see. Um, and I want to grow. And I want our church to grow. And I want us to be a giving church. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, Pastor Justin, I'm just going to turn this over to you. I'm going to um, pray over you just for a spirit of giving. Then I'm going to let uh, Pastor Justin pray over um, our list. Father, I thank you for this word tonight, Lord, and I just ask you, Lord, to help us finish what we started. Lord, I can even look back at when I um, came to be the worship leader, and then when I was hired as pastor, Lord, I, I can see that um, uh, just like in marriage or in your job or, you know, in, even in my calling, um, that I need to finish what I started and to go back to that spirit Go back to that energy and love, and I, I just felt like I could speak to a mountain and it would go away. And I thank you that you you bring us these scriptures to help remind us of what you've done and what what you've done so far. And even though we're facing incredible trials, that you're here. Let's get back to that energy of being a newlywed, and we've got our whole life in front of us. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask according to your word for a spirit of giving. And that, Lord, you would show us the hurting and the um, broken. And that, Lord, that we would offer them what it is that they need. We wouldn't shove them away or reject them. But, Lord, your, your word says that when we respond to them in the right way, we are responding to you, Jesus. When we give someone hungry food... We are giving Jesus food. I just thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.